You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. What about dumpster fire? Uh, I think that's pretty insulting. <laughs> okay, how much? I don't know. I, I feel like every time we insult them, we have to put like $2 uh, into this hat and then donate it to a Montreal charity or something like that. I got a mortgage now. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Do It Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! Ooh, Brazilian Ty is back this week, but Ty, why don't, why don't you say a couple words? Testing one, two. <laughs> we're <laughs> week two's here, but we are <laughs> we're we're just I don't know a few days removed from that bachelor party. Our our buddy in Lloyd Minster over the weekend, and uh, you are a lot worse for the wear than I am. I think. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am now going to be dry until the wedding. <laughs> you are, are you serious? I am a hundred percent serious. This is not coming until uh, the end of July. I, uh, what What was your longest dry spell before that? Uh, birth oh. until your first drink? Uh, no, I was in camp. I was in a dry camp for three and a half months. And that's your longest dry spell ever. Maybe. <laughs> well, I'm breaking it right now. I don't know if you could hear that. <laughs> oh, I did, and I'm not. I'm not even in the least jealous because I've got so much water right now. But I should be well hydrated. In the huddle with Karan Tai on the Two and Out podcast. All right, before we start talking about the games in week two, I guess we should mention things continue to move along with Maritime Football Limited. Um, it looks like they're going to be meeting with Halifax City Council. Uh, the commissioner and these these cats have come up with a three-step program to get an Atlantic team on the field. I'm getting more and more hopeful for this to happen every day. Oh, absolutely. And not only that, then we'll have 10 teams, five in each division. Yeah. A bit of balance. And maybe we could just scrap the division format altogether. Yeah, we'll see if they ever do scrap the division format. I am a sucker for East-West. I I totally am. So the Grey Cup last year, uh, Argos and Ticats, or not Argos and Ticats, Argos and Stampeders, I was I was happy to have it East West instead of an All West Grey Cup, but uh, maybe they do change it with the tenth. I have a hunch that that means they keep things the same. Yeah, but then it makes the regular season basically just a round robin. Yeah, it kind of does. And, and if they're going to do that, you might as well just scrap the divisions because they're going to play everybody twice. So unless they're going to change the schedule, which I don't see, and they you only play everybody in the other division once, and you play everybody in your division more which I don't think will ever happen. Um, it's just, I don't know. The, the division seemed pointless to me at that point. Let's talk about the streaker in Vancouver. I, I didn't think we would have to talk about it anymore, but he gets fined $115, and now it looks like he's hired a law firm from Toronto. I kind of wonder if it, this law firm hit him up 
and is trying to get some publicity for themselves. But apparently, I've read that it's kind of a deal where this guy doesn't even pay unless he gets some kind of cash out of this. But I really hope the judge laughs at him here. I hope that he has. I hope that the judge increases the, the amount of money he's got to pay. Could you imagine if it just backfired? <laughs> It'd be the best. It would be the, the best thing that could happen. I thought 115 was pretty cheap. Well, okay, 115 bucks plus, you know, getting lit up on national TV. Yeah, that's true. Concussion. That's a lot to pay. But I, I, I can care less how hurt he is. <laughs> Maybe the hit factored into the fine. <laughs> Or yeah, the like yeah the injury maybe. <laughs> it's like a suspension, right? The player wasn't hurt, so the suspension can only be this long. But I just got myself a photo radar ticket was 115 bucks. So come on. I I have a photo radar ticket in Alberta that I'm not paying. So that's. I guess you're an Alberta resident. You have to pay them. Yeah, and it was in Alberta. How long have you had that ticket? I don't. I shouldn't say. No, come on. <laughs> 2013, the year I coached hockey. <laughs> that is beautiful. I don't even own that truck anymore. Oh, I, I think you're off the hook now. I, w- I would hope so. Until <laughs> I get one of those phone calls from the CRA. Yeah, it's, yeah, they're they're going to arrest you. <laughs> Show up to your seats at Commonwealth Stadium this Friday. <laughs> Good thing I won't be there. <laughs> Let's talk about this week's games in week two. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, we start in Ottawa for Thursday night football. The Red Blacks are, what, two-and-a-half-point favorites over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. It doesn't get much closer than these two teams were last year. They split the series 1-1, and the total points for each team was 50 apiece. So things are a little bit crazy. Let's start with the Riders. So Monday on the podcast, I basically said, hey, it looks like we made out a week one without any big injuries, but rookie defensive back Nick Marshall, who had a great game for the Riders uh, last week, had the game-winning pick six off of Ricky Ray, has been placed on the six-game injured list. That means Deron Carter is going to be playing defense, and it looks like no offense tonight against Ottawa. Do you remember when I said that depth was a problem, not only Canadian depth, but depth in general is a problem on this team? Yes, yes, I remember that. So, so now our best receiver is going to play DB. Oh, I don't like that at all. I, I, don't, I don't like it at all. Like that, maybe we should have addressed, or sorry, they should have addressed that issue in the offseason. So Jones must think that the drop-off from Deron Carter to Shaq Evans, who's going to be getting his first start at wide receiver, is... Not as great as the drop-off from Nick Marshall to another backup DB. And if you look at the depth chart that the Riders already put out, there are no defensive back backups at all. But there's like 10 defensive linemen. So <laughs> if there's... And, and enough safeties to, to fill a small van. So if there is... Oh, enough middle linebackers, too. So if there is a any sort of injury against Ottawa... It's going to be interesting how things shake out. Yeah, 
it's not going to be pretty if somebody on that defense goes down and they can't be replaced or they get replaced with somebody who's going to be out of position. And, you know, if that does happen, Trevor Harris is going to be able to take advantage. So, without Carter on offense, how much do you think Naaman Roosevelt or Caleb Hawley are going to benefit this week? I, I think they're going to get a lot more targets. Uh, you know, you, you're losing your number one receiver, so somebody's going to have to fill that role. Uh, I'm not saying Shaq Evans can't do it, but uh, these guys have had way more reps with the first team. Flowers is going to obviously feel more comfortable with them, so I, I could see them having having a lot of targets. And Roosevelt is kind of a target monster as it is so mm-hmm. without Carter there he might even see even even more so I like the idea of having either of those receivers on your team this week probably not a bad idea um, however that being said one thing goes wrong on that Saskatchewan O-line and the whole game is a mess so I don't know. It's tough to pick riders at this point. I, I, I kind of want to wait and see what the O-line actually is. I know it was only one game, but still, it, it's, it's a long ways from where I think it should be. It's also hard to kind of compare what their players did last year because they were in completely different seasons. Our teams, mm-hmm. uh, Caleros only played, he's only played one game against the Red Blacks in the last three years. Is that right? That's all I could find, yep, man. That, that, injuries and then you know he got pulled last year and it wasn't it wasn't good uh you know he only had 8.38 points in that one game so i mean you you don't really know what you're going to get you, you could give his average which is up around i think 16 or 17 points which well isn't the worst uh you know but at that being said if he has a game like he did the last time he played ottawa it won't be pretty you have to Assume that Messam will have a better game this week. Last week, 21 carries. Just about every other week, that's going to get your running back well over 100 yards. But, man, he he didn't even crack 80 on the ground last year against Toronto. If they're going to give him that many carries again this week, I assume it's going to be a lot better than 70-some yards. But this also might be the last week to take advantage of Messam getting that many carries because it's also the last week of Marcus Thigpen's suspension. True. Uh that being said, Messam against Ottawa averages just under 15 points, and his average for the last two years in one game is 14 and a quarter. So he doesn't play that much better against the Red Blacks as he does against the rest of the league. But I mean, 15 points not too bad for uh, for your running back uh, Roosevelt. Like when we were talking about receivers earlier, Roosevelt averages 19 against Ottawa. You know, averages 16.8 against the rest of the league. Caleb Hawley hasn't played a lot. Uh, against Ottawa, you know, only averaged 5.6, 10.2 average for points against everybody else. I mean, there's there is some guys here that you know could have could have the opportunity to have a big game. We just don't know what that is going to be against uh, the Red Blacks. Uh, and even to, like, Holly's only at 10.2. He hasn't got like, the fantasy numbers that uh, Roosevelt and Carter have had the last couple of years. I think if you want to play the Ryder defense this week, I don't have a problem with that at all. The Red Blacks are going to have their hands full with the Ryder defensive line. They have a rookie that was just drafted this year being forced Mm -hmm. to start at left guard in Mark Corte. 
Um, Nolan McMillan is hurt. Jason Lazon Sagan is also hurt. He's on the six-game injured list. This means that Charleston Hughes is going to be matched up against Evan Johnson at right tackle. <laughs> I, I think it's not crazy to think that after two weeks, Charleston Hughes has six sacks. Yeah, that is a distinct possibility. I, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Like this guy, he's at 102. He's the 11th player to ever get to 100 sacks. You know, and, and he's still playing at a level that is just dumbfounding with, at his age to me. I, I don't want to be rude, but you usually see guys his age start to decline, and I didn't see that last week. Well, Odell Willis said uh, defensive ends seem to get better with age, mm-hmm. and we're kind of in an era right now. We we've got maybe three of the greatest D linemen to ever play in the CFL, and I don't think that's – I think that's a fair statement. Um, Charleston Hughes, we have John Bowman, we have Odell Willis, who if he makes it to 100 sacks, he could. He needs, I think, 12 more to get there. He would be the youngest to ever do it in CFL history. We're watching some all-time greats right now. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, with, them, with Odell saying, you know, some guys get better with age, you're matched up against the same guy – every play um, you start to learn his tendencies and you know every player has a tell and if you can if you can find his tell before he finds yours you're going to be able to exploit it and you know the longer you play the easier that is for you and like yeah the experience factor plays is huge when it comes to playing uh, defensive end as for Ottawa Noel Thomas Jr. from Connecticut gets his first start at wide receiver and it looks like just about every Ottawa offensive player has had Pretty nice games against Saskatchewan in the past. Yeah, it hasn't been too bad. Uh, Deontay Spencer is the lowest out of you know your top top players. So I was going to play at ten point nine. Trevor Harris right around that sixteen point four average seventeen against the rest of the league. William Powell sixteen and a half. Um, you know he he the way he runs the ball is punishing, and you know he just seems to show up against the right. He's a little bit above above his normal. His normal output, but I mean, it's still above and sixteen and a half points for the lot. Ellington uh, at thirteen point nine, Sinopoli at sixteen point four against Saskatchewan. You know, these guys are able to put up uh, big numbers against the Riders, and the Riders' D the last couple of years hasn't been the greatest. Um, so, I mean, those numbers might be a little inflated, but uh, we'll see what happens now with Carter playing and no backups. That if something does happen, Harris is going to be able to exploit it. I love William Powell, but judging by what the Riders did to uh, James Wilder Jr. last week, I'm not sure if I, <laughs> I like that pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it looks like it's going to be Deontay Spencer lined up against Deron Carter. Is that a matchup Ottawa and maybe fantasy players want to exploit? Uh, obviously, Deron has the height advantage on that one. And I think last year when he played corner, I don't think we really saw Bo or anybody really pick on Duran all that much. I would like to see him get tested because he's going to be lined up against Spencer and Ellingson. These are top notch guys in the CFL and it's a real test for Duran. I, I would put money on Spencer in this one. I think Spencer would fly right past him. It could be some deep balls for Spencer if uh, Carter can't keep up. I wouldn't pick their defense in this game. Uh, They average eight and a half against Saskatchewan. Well, and you know what? This might be the most physical game of the week. 
Oh, absolutely. Kyrie Z. Bear. The, the Ottawa defense now is going to have some hard hitters than the Riders do, but who do you pick to win? I am taking the Red Blacks. Saskatchewan only averages 21.1 points on the road in the last couple of years. Ottawa averages 27.1 at home, so i got to go with the Red Blacks. You're going to notice a trend in my picks this week. I am going Riders to start things off. We move to... Oh, I think I know. I think I know your next three picks. Yeah, yeah I think you do. <laughs> well, well, we'll see what trend you think I'm, I'm going with here. Um, okay, Winnipeg two point favorites over Montreal. Which what? <laughs> How is that a thing? Take that bet right now while it's still there. When I look at these stats, I realize how much parity there is in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. Winnipeg had a big last-minute comeback against the Alouettes last summer, which it, it almost took the sales out of the Alouettes for the rest of the season. They were scrappy during the summer, and then wheels just fell off in about August. But the the Bombers swept the season series 2-0 last year. They outscored Montreal by four points. And this game is actually going to be Winnipeg's first game against Drew Willie as an opposing starting quarterback since they traded him. It almost seems like an eternity since he's been traded. So this is kind of crazy. I, I forgot that he was even in Winnipeg. Oh, yeah. Well, there was Willie Mania. It was Willie Peg for a while. And, well, and then he went to Toronto. And I just kind of lost track of him after then because, I mean, I can only watch a guy throw interceptions so many times. <laughs> Poor Willie. Um, <laughs> some bomber news, though. They signed Mitchell Gale. Alex Ross came out of Thursday's game with a bit of an injury, so they needed some insurance here. Um, kind of like Jeff Matthews in Montreal last week. Matthew Schiltz gets hurt, so they bring in Matthews. But Gale has been with the Riders, Argo, Stamps, Ticats, and Lions in the past five seasons. He's been all over the place. Some Riders fans... They kind of have a love affair with Mitchell Gale. I don't see it, uh, but could he pull off CFL bingo? <laughs> it's it's no. it's a lot less. Um, how do I put it? Well done than Kevin Glenn's career, but um, I know why they were in love with Mitchell Gale in Saskatchewan because he was a backup quarterback. That's true. If you're a backup quarterback, everybody loves you. Just watch Blue Mountain State and you'll get it. <laughs> Mo Leggett was back practicing with the first team. He could see limited action in this one. I, I know he was returning kicks at Wednesday's practice after the Achilles injury last mm-hmm. year. So Mo Leggett might be back on the field for the Bombers, and that is a big one. Um, I Part of me, I'm the biggest Chris Strebler fan on the planet. Um, <laughs> outside of Winnipeg, in 18.1 points last week against Edmonton. I actually think to start the season, Montreal's defense might give them more trouble this week. That, that's a possibility. It, it's early in the year. You look at the the defense last couple of years, it's been really good to start, and then it just implodes. Yeah. So the matchup this week might be a little tough. Um, you know, they're going to have film on them now or a lot more film, so they could adjust a little more, um, you know, and make those adjustments and maybe shut down one aspect of his game. But, I mean, he proved that if he didn't have a lane to run, that he could throw it. And if he didn't have a, if he didn't, couldn't throw it, he, had a, he could find a lane to run. So he's, he's going to be pretty hard to stop, I think. It is going to be a another scrappy game. We might be seeing Keaton LaFrance making his bomber debut this week, but I, I do like myself some Andrew Harris again. 
So, 22.8 points in the last two years against Montreal. Like, is that any good? That's uh, pretty good. <laughs> it's five, five points over his average. Wow. So, like, he puts up big numbers against Montreal. Darvin Adams right, right at his average, 16.8 uh, against Montreal. Wesson Dresser, 4.8. Um, you know, not that great. But, I mean, that's limited action with his injuries and everything. Nick Dembski right at 9. Bowman at 15.9, which is right at his average. So, I mean, the, the, the offense has an opportunity uh, if Montreal's defense isn't, isn't up to par to put up some big numbers. Dressler had eight targets last week. Darius Bowman had, I believe it was three, but he had three targets, no catches. No catches. Do you see a rebound for him? Oh, I think so. Uh, I think he's going to come out with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and try to prove that, you know, he's still, I, I don't think anybody said that he's not, uh, you know, a top top echelon receiver in this league, but he, he wants to prove it even though it's, a, you know, he doesn't have Mike Riley. So he's got to prove that he can do it with any quarterback. Darvin Adams, he's a consistent guy, uh, and I think yeah. I think he might he might do something this week too. Oh, it's a distinct possibility. He, this is his average is sixteen point seven against everybody else in the league, uh, and he averages sixteen point eight against against Montreal. So there's a chance, um, you know, and he's he he he's able to come back to the ball just like just as good as anybody else. We saw it last week. Um, you know, if, if it's an underthrow or if he needs to scramble for his quarterback, and you know, he, he racks up numbers. Um, it seems week in, week out when he's got uh, a consistent uh, quarterback throwing in the ball. So maybe a little more, a little more uh, confidence in his quarterback this week, and a little more uh, familiarity could uh, bode well for Darwin Adams. As for Montreal, I got a bit of a challenge for you. Mm-hmm. Let's create our own Montreal swear jar. We're like. We only say positive things about the Owls. <laughs> kind of like, like you can say they didn't have a good game, but you can't say they're an absolute joke and an embarrassment to the CFL and things like that. What about dumpster fire? Uh, I think that's pretty insulting. <laughs> okay, how much? I don't know. I, I feel like every time we insult them, we have to put like $2 uh, into this hat and then donate it to a Montreal charity or something like that. I got a mortgage now, man. <laughs> what are you doing to me? Hey, you're the bankroll of the podcast. You always have been. Uh, I don't know how that's going to go now. <laughs> I got to I got to donate to a swear jar. <laughs> the Montreal swear jar. Do you accept? <laughs> oh, is that first <laughs> one? <laughs> Yeah, put a toonie in there. Okay. Also in Montreal, you can now buy tickets to only watch the fourth quarter. It costs ten okay. bucks. This is you. I, we've never seen anything like this. So you start a swear jar where I can only say positive things about the Owls <laughs> and, then, and then say that. <laughs> this only happens. This only happens in junior hockey. Or if you show up for the third period, there's nobody working the door anymore. Yeah, so you just show up. <laughs> yeah. And you better hope that you're there before the concession closes so you can get a rink burger. Yeah, there's that fine line where, like, <laughs> doors are open and the concession's open and you got to get there at the right time. How do they just, like, so are these going to be tickets that weren't sold or is this going to be a set 
amount of tickets in a certain area. It's going to be something like three days before the game. If these tickets aren't sold, you, you kind of register on their website. And if any fourth quarter tickets are available, they're going to send you an email. And then, yeah, you can buy these tickets and it's going to be valid starting in the third quarter. So I guess you just, so you just find a bar close and watch the first half and then walk over. Yeah, I guess. It's not terrible. It's outside the box, man. I give them that. Yeah, that that is true. That they are trying to they're just trying to put butts in the seats. I get it. Um, you know, it's just weird that you only get to watch like one quarter of football. Yeah, you, um, I feel, you feel like you. I mean, I mean, that you show up the fourth quarter, you're not going to be able to get booze. So you're paying this ten dollars to literally just watch football. Yeah, I feel like and it and it's Alouette football. Put another two dollars in. <laughs> We need to hire an intern to uh, count this thing. <laughs> so Drew Willie has never started a game against his old team, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, or since being traded anyway. So we don't really have anything there. But I like Tyrell Sutton this week. If you want to start him, it, it's clear that the offense is going to be circled around him. He had 15 carries last week, and that's probably exactly, uh, if not more, than what he's going to get this week. Mike Sherman comes from the NFL. Those guys are running 45 times a week, so Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're going to do more of that for Tyrell Sutton. I actually feel like the Alouettes started last week against BC with some real big plays, and I think the Bombers are kind of susceptible to that. I don't know if they're smart enough to game plan for that, but last week against BC, Chris Williams had some big plays, and it fi- it's like they've already found a way to use him more than BC did all of last season. So uh, there might be some opportunities here for uh, some big plays for the Alouettes. And, and especially against the Winnipeg defense run by Richie Hall, it's been don't break. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can give up those big plays, but, you know, inside that, 15, 10 yard line. You got that's where you shut them down and hold them off to a field goal. Uh, you know, he's not. He might not get a lot of touchdowns, but you'll get a lot of yards. Uh, so, I mean, there is opportunity for points there, and especially with it being PPR now. You know, you get those extra points just for catches. So, I mean, Cunningham at seventeen point two and Ernest Jackson eighteen point one. Those numbers don't look bad. Uh, you know, those are against Winnipeg, but if Drew really is you know, is 8.1 average per game self, they're not going to put those numbers up. So it, it, you got to tread carefully, uh, you know, but Winnipeg's defense, like I said, is, like you said, is susceptible to big plays, so there's that chance. And uh, if they're able to break one or two, uh, that could totally change, turn, turn the game around at that point. I actually don't mind starting either defense in this game either. No, Winnipeg's defense at eight point three, Montreal's at six point three. You know, versus versus each other, so that's it's not terrible. Uh, Winnipeg is going to run you a little bit. It's, they're over just over five. Yeah, they're they're pricey. Uh, so it's a little pricey, but I mean, for if if they can get between eight and eleven points uh, out of your defense, it's not a bad week. Who are you picking to win? Got to go with the Bombers. They average 27.1 on the road. Montreal allows just under 30 at home. I got Bombers, too. Uh, Andrew Harris, that offensive line, I think uh, they're showing against Edmonton last week was 
Pretty wild. They probably should have won that one, but uh, they got a good chance this week against Montreal, so I'm going Winnipeg. You, you still got my trend there? I think so. I have two, I have two ideas now. Okay. Uh, the Eskimos, seven-point favorites over the Tiger Cats. Uh, they swept the series with Hamilton last year, um, including one that ended like on the last play of the game with Caleros. Mm-hmm bombing it into the end zone. I think it ended up getting dropped by Mike Jones, and <laughs> Tiger Cats probably should have won that one. But uh, they only outscored Hamilton by eight points. The Tiger Cats, though, have won three of their last five at Commonwealth Stadium. We do have some... Including that huge comeback. Yes, including that big second-half comeback. I think Flo Rida was at the stadium that, that week. Yes, he was. I, was <laughs> I believe that was even... During Klondike days. Yeah, it was. It was during the fair, man. Um, to quote Bob Cole, everything was happening. Everything was. <laughs> so, some Eskimo news. Travis Bond finds a job in Edmonton. Their left tackle, Tommy Draheim, didn't practice on Monday. So, the S are trying to show up their depth there a little bit. Some are speculating that Bond might play tackle. I don't know if I really like the idea of that he's been interior his basically entire his his entire CFL career other than maybe some spot duty here and there but the Eskies have Adam Konar defensive tackle Mike Moore Dreheim Jameel Smith all hurt um Vidal Hazelton is actually doubtful for Friday some good news Aaron Grimes and Forrest Hightower are back in the secondary for this week but it looks like a big repeat of last year when it comes to injuries. Do you think the lightning delay had anything to do with it? Some are saying, ah, it's just coincidence. But for five hours, almost six hours, it's pretty hard to stay warm and stay loose as an athlete. I've never stretched before playing slow pitch or baseball, and I've never pulled anything. Dude, dude. (laughs) Are you playing CFL football? (laughs) I'm playing senior A baseball. <laughs> I will say that I pulled an oblique playing slow pitch a few years ago. That sucks. I didn't know I had an oblique until I heard it. Well, they say that large men can't really pull their oblique because there's no pressure on it. That's why like you see guys like Brett Laurie who are jacked to the nines and swinging way too hard always seem to have hurt their back. So I find it weird that you actually pulled an oblique. Well, I did, man. <laughs> and That's impressive. Let me tell you, it does not feel good. Does it feel as good as my sunburn? Oh, yeah, those don't feel good either. Um, <laughs> some more Eskimo news. It has to be talked about, but they put Terrell Owens. Yeah, NFL legend. I, I think we can call him a legend. Terrell Owens on their negotiation list. Now... He's 44 years old. Um, there was a video he posted online of running a 4440. And I think there's a couple there's a couple factors with that. He it looked like he had his buddies using his stopwatch. So that is not an official time, but either way, it did look pretty impressive. Another thing, yes, I know Terrell Owens has always taken pride in his shape and things like that. 
but he hasn't taken part in any drug testing pool uh, for the last few years since he has played. So who knows if he's clean? I don't want to accuse the guy or anything like that, but we don't know if he's clean at all. I guess he's been running routes, but can he run routes an entire game? It's to run 40 yards once is one thing, but to get back after a 20 second play clock and do it again is an entire another thing. I put the odds at about 10% that he will be with the Edmonton Eskimos at all ever, but it kind of shocks me that the Eskimos did this. This doesn't seem like an Eskimo thing to do at all. I part of me the first thing I thought when I saw it I wondered if they were going to use it as trade bait with like Montreal or something. <laughs> what are they going to get from Montreal? Okay, that's another tuning. Um, <laughs> Owens is literally the only player on planet Earth that could get me to buy a Dallas Cowboys jersey, and I did it. You did it. So I mean, the guy, the guy, like you said, is a legend. Um, I. Does this mean that they know something about some of their receivers that maybe they're not letting on and they're maybe looking for options? I don't know. I I would hate I would hate to speculate that that's what it is because I mean the guy we don't know if he's in football shape we don't know when he'd be ready to play but maybe they're just exercising some options here and you know having him ready uh, or maybe not having him ready but I mean when he is ready if if he doesn't get a lot of NFL offers then they'll have they'll have first shot at him. It's weird because I don't think that the Esks are a team that really needs to push tickets or make a splash no. or anything like that, and they do have some depth in the receiving core. So, yeah, it, it's it's not very esque like like you said. Like they don't do a lot of things just for show. Yeah. So yeah, I find it weird, but at the same time, I kind of hope it works out for like at least one game. Yeah. I, I I would like to see it. Just, I'm I'm a sucker for that. I kind of would like Owens and Carter on the same team. I I would like to see some oh. of those celebrations. <laughs> oh, so much popcorn. <laughs> but this game, I think, is going to be a battle. Mike Riley's Mike Riley. Um, he he will get it done. But C.J. Gable has never played a game against his old team, the Tiger Cats. Why well, here's his. The Edmonton Eskimos are only his second team, yeah. so it would be a little hard. Uh, but he does average 13.2. Like I said, those numbers are going to come up. That's up from 11 point whatever it was last week. So, I mean, he added two points to his average just in one week. Uh, you know, if you can fit him on, it might not be the worst idea. Those those, those numbers are a little deceiving right now. They'll, they'll eventually come out and plateau, and we'll find out what he actually is as a fantasy option. Darrell Walker seems to light up the Tiger Cats. Oh, 29.5 point average against Hamilton the last two years. Wow. Uh, not not a bad pick. So he had double-digit targets last week. Duke Williams also had double-digit targets. Man, he had four catches on 11 targets. you got to assume that's going to correct itself over the course of a season. And they might be without Vidal Hazleton. So don't pick him. Unless, and even if he's in, he might be limited. So be careful there. Did you notice that none of Duke Williams' targets had both of his feet on the ground? Oh yeah, he Riley was throwing high on him. I, I, that's because he goes up and gets them. He does. I don't think it was but by that's, design, that's but what, no. But that's what we saw last year was everything that was a little too high. He would go up and get. Um, I don't know if this is an adjustment period because it's the start of the year, but uh, I, maybe maybe Mike knows that he can go up and get those. Kind of treat like a fifty-fifty ball almost, but just knowing that Duke's going to be the one to come down with it. 
Um, like, just like every time you watch, like how do you, how do you not catch that? Like, just or how do you throw that ball there? Like it, it just seemed like they were a little off. Like the two, like Mike Riley and Duke Williams, are a little out of sync last week. Yeah, the, yeah, they were. It looks like defensive back Delvin Bro will be lur- returning to the Tiger Cats. So the Bro Show could be back. He's still only twenty eight. He's been with the New Orleans Saints since twenty fifteen, but things have not gone his way as far as injuries go. So before he ever showed up to Hamilton, he had a neck surgery. Now he's broken his fibula twice in the last two years, including a misdiagnosis last year where two Saints doctors thought he only had a leg contusion. So they fired him over that. Uh, Demon Washington gets released after the signing and bro was already practicing as of Tuesday. Now the money is crazy here. He's getting paid 200K. I don't think we've ever seen that for a defensive back. That That is a high-paid defensive back, and a lot of people are excited about this. Um, I know that Glanville wants to play man-to-man in Hamilton. Broken, without a doubt, play man-to-man. If he's healthy, I'm, I'm very hesitant to think he's going to be his old self here but he is still only 28 years old he's 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 got a lot of football left and if he stays healthy and he's somehow his old self this is a big signing for the tiger cats he was practicing on tuesday and man to man he can just walk in and say hey go cover that guy if he's in game shape he doesn't need to learn any complicated schemes or anything like that. Just get out there and cover. It'll be interesting if he plays. I, I, I'm kind of doubting he is, but after all the injuries this guy's gone through and he's still playing, maybe I should stop doubting Delvin Bro. But if he is in any sort of his old self, this Hamilton signing is massive. Oh, it's huge for, for Hamilton. And like you said, the, the pay, what they're paying him, He's going to be in the lineup sooner rather than later. If it's not this week, it'll be next week. It's a lot of money, um, right? Like, there's that that money counting against your cap. He's going to be in the lineup, um, and like you said, he, he wants Glanville wants to play man to man. You outside guys. Well, there you go. There's your guy. Take him. Run with it. Yeah. All you got to do, make it so he does not catch the ball. That is your one one and only job. And you know there are going to be times when they play zone. You're not going to play man to man every single down. It just Football doesn't work like that. Um, but, I mean, those adjustments can be made uh, as needed for through practice or, you know, if it, if it means he's got to come out for a down or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, 200000 allegedly that he's going to be in the, he's going to be in the game sooner rather than later. Jeremiah Mazzoli has not averaged double digits against the Eskimos in the last little while, but he hasn't been a starting, starting quarterback for a, a while. So the, the numbers are skewed a little bit, but he averages 9.1 points against the Esks. Tasker, 17.1. Brandon Banks, 9. But again, after Labor Day, it was a different Brandon Banks last year, and he was not that same Brandon Banks last week against Calgary. So we'll see if it was just an anomaly, anomaly from a season ago. But... We'll see if he can do it again against the Eskimos. And Jalen Saunders averages 13.5 points against the Eskimos. This kid has been something else since coming onto the scene. He had 11 targets last week. Seven catches for 118 yards. 
I am rolling with him. Eight catches. Lawrence took one away from him on the sideline. Simone, what are you doing? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I like Jalen this week. I like the Tiger Cats offense this week. I would not go with a running back, though. Last week, it almost seemed like it was Kent Austin coaching the team again. They had 12 carries between Mercer Timmis, um, Nikita Whitlock, Sean Thomas Erlington uh, is the other kid who actually looked okay, but they did not run the ball. So it kind of seems like they don't trust any of those running backs. So unless John White is on the field and until Alex Green is back on the field, they might not be running the ball all that much. No, and like you said, the trust, trust factor is going to be huge. Uh, you know, these guys haven't got a lot of playing time in the last couple of years or like at all. Uh, you know, some them being younger, so it's really hard for, for a guy to come in and just assume a guy like Alex Green. Alex Green hasn't been bad. No. Uh, you know, so when he's healthy, he's, he's a viable starting running back in this league. Uh, Brandon Banks, is the way Edmonton's special teams cover right now is, Brandon Banks is almost a must-start. But Banks is not returning kicks. I know, and I think at some point he will be again. I I hope so because he was one of the most exciting players in the game. And and if if the coaches watched that game last week, Edmonton Winnipeg, I'd be putting Brandon Banks in a returner because it, it it gets embarrassing after a while for for that special teams cover. It, it's not good. So last week it was Frankie Williams on punt returns, Jackson Bennett and Sean Thomas Erlington, uh, the running back on kickoff returns. I would like to see Banks back there uh, a few more times. Who, who are you picking to win this one? i got to take Edmonton. They average 30.3 at home. Hamilton allows 27.9. They don't score a lot uh, on the road as of right now. So i, I got to take the Eskimos. They're at home. Like, it's their home opener. I, it's, it's a spe- I think it's the Eskimos' year. Uh, you know, they're hosting the Great Cup. I think they're going to come up flying. I think the Tiger Cats spoil the home no, opener. Picking all the way teams. Yeah, I am picking all the way teams, so I spoil the last one. But I, I think the Tiger Cats get a good shot at spoiling the home opener this Friday, and uh, it's probably my pick for game of the week. Actually, the Tiger Cats were right in it last week against Calgary until the very end, and I think Jeremiah Mazzoli is going to. He's feeling the pressure of Johnny Football on his back. He needs to get some wins here in the first few weeks, and I think it can happen this Friday against the Eskimos. The Stampeders, three-and-a-half-point favorites over the defending Grey Cup champions, the Toronto Argonauts. Yeah, they handled Toronto 2-0 last year when it didn't matter. Not in the Grey Cup, though. Calgary outscored <laughs> Calgary outscored Toronto 64-31 during the regular season. Now, the Stamps look like they're going to be without Mark and Michelle this weekend. Lamar Durant could return. He could return to the lineup, so watch for that. Don Jackson had his first start at running back last week. 14.7 points. He had a great week, and it kind of looks like, yeah, well, Terry Williams is going to be getting some carries at running back for the Stampeders. He's also returning kicks, so he's kind of busy with that. And any $3,000 running back I am going to take, especially when they're on the Calgary Stampeders. So give me some Don Jackson this week. Oh, absolutely. 
And I think the, the way they run their offense is so balanced and, you know, it's even shown in their passing game because they never seem to to have a get Well, every week it seems to be a new guy that has a standout week. So uh, the way their offense is set up, it's set up for success for a running back for sure. It's hard to pick a, a receiver. You just got to get the right receiver the right week for the Calgary Stampeders. But Tavares Daniels averages over 24 points against the Argos, and Kamar Jordan over 18 point or 18 points against the Argos. Uh, Eric Rogers might be more involved this week, but uh, pick your poison when it comes to a Calgary Stampeders receiver. I went with Daniels last week. He had two catches for 20 yards. I know he's better than that. I have Kamar Jordan this week, which means it's probably going to be Devaris Daniels <laughs> if you go that way. And I've got the Stampeder defense in my lineup. The, the Stamps are consistent week to week. Uh, Bo mm-hmm. wasn't the best last week. But there was a couple long plays. If they connected on that, that line looks a whole lot different. Maybe he does do better Absolutely. this week in Toronto. Oh, that's a distinct possibility. Toronto's defense isn't the greatest, and we know what Bo Levi can do. Um, that being said, last week was the epitome of Bo Levi Mitchell. You know, not not yeah. throwing quite fifty percent. Uh, you know, not throwing for huge yards, but getting the job done. Uh, and again. He's over 50 wins as a starter. Like this guy's record as a starting quarterback in the regular season is dumbfounding. Um, so it's really hard to pick against him, especially in the regular season. Great Cup's not so much. So the big names in Toronto: Ricky Ray's average against Calgary averages just over 18 points. S.J. Green just under 15. Armani Edwards has 12 and a half points average against the rest of the week. Uh, less than five against Calgary, but the big discrepancy here is James Wilder averaged fourteen and a half points last year, just over three against Calgary. He could I start. I think that was only in one game, though. Okay, so he could start the season. Well, they shut him down in the Grey Cup, so they mm-hmm. they know what they're doing with James Wilder. He could have another rough game to start the season. He could, very well could. Uh, you know, he burst onto the scene last year. Um, you know, nobody had really seen what this guy can do, and you know, he's able to run roughshod over a lot of the teams in this league and put up big numbers. Uh, everybody's got that film. Uh, everybody can key in on certain things and make those adjustments and, and try to shut them down. And that's what we're seeing teams do early this year. Who's winning? Calgary. I got the stamps, yeah. too. Yeah, they 27.2 on the road. You know, Toronto allows 26.9, and they only scored 24.3 at home. I mean, like their points. So they they should like they, they were they were not in nineteen. They're, they're not that great at home. They're not that great on the road. Uh, Calgary's just you know still the class of the league. Uh, I got I picked them to to win the West to finish first in the West. So um, you know I, I expect nothing to change here. Real quickly, what's your CFL fantasy lineup look like? I got Andrew Harris. William Powell, Darrell Walker, Darvin Adams, Drew Olatarski, and the Bombers D, and I'll give you one guess as to who my quarterback is. At $6,000. Are you taking Strebler? I am taking Chris Strebler. Yeah! I'm starting one, two, three, four, five Bombers this week out of my seven players. Oh, you got the Winnipeg stack. I like that. (laughs) I've got $447 left. So I think our lineups are... Quite different here. I got Jeremiah Mazzoli, 
Don Jackson, Andrew Harris, Jalen Saunders, Kamar Jordan, Naaman Roosevelt, and the Calgary defense. How much money you got left over? I have ninety dollars. <laughs> oh, that's what you always you try to hit it right on the nose every time. That's my weakness, man. I am so tempted to always, always uh, get it as full as I can. But I think Roosevelt, he, he's always a target monster without Carter. They should be throwing to him even more. And I, I think Mazzoli and Saunders, they'll be a good pairing against the Eskimos in their secondary this week. So we're ready for another good week two of CFL football. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Brazilian tie will be sounding good again on Sunday, right? Absolutely, because I'm going home Saturday night to get my digital recorder. All right, we'll be back talking to you Monday morning. Enjoy week two, my friends. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.